BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here with Travis Irvine. You are. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And Fernando. I am telling the truth. Oh. (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. We have another fantastic episode for you. We're going to discuss the newest weapon of mass destruction. Oh, my God, the U.S. has it. Should we invade the U.S.? Okay. (laughs) Should we invade the U.S.? Wait, what? Remember when we did that in Iraq? Yes, I do. So we'll discuss that. (laughs) We're also going to discuss who's running for president and what does it mean for our future? And, of course, a smattering of other fantastic information. All right, first, we've got the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Who's excited? Brianna. Ooh. Oh, whoa. not a Rihanna fan, whoa. Fernando. Wow, no, no, he's coming in hot. She's wow. very talented. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow, oh, okay. but you did right. boo Rihanna. I just, uh, you know, you're can't trying hear to be it. controversial. Yeah, I'm being a devil's advocate. Controversial. Interesting. <laughs> Do you like Pepsi though? Because it's always sponsored by Pepsi. I love Pepsi. I oh, there right. it is. This segment sponsored by Pepsi. Well, that's fantastic. Well, the Super Bowl, the game is one aspect of it. Obviously, we have Rihanna as another aspect of it, <laughs> and then the third is the food. So, what Ooh. will present? Joe Biden be snacking on during the Super Bowl. Corn pops. Yes. Of course, we'll have to imagine that he's going to stay awake for it first. So let's pretend. It's it's, it's early. It's early. It's ahead of my bedtime. Well, it's going to be around 5.30 or 6.30 there in the East Coast. Jill says I need to be asleep. You're going to want to be asleep. Well, right before you go to bed, Mr. Mm -hmm. Biden, apparently, according to multiple news sources, you're going to be snacking on chocolate chip ice cream. Mm. That's going to be on the menu. (laughs) And, of course, you're going to have some nuts. Mm. And things like that. So speaking with Telemundo, Biden said he's going to be watching the game from home. (laughs) And then he said, because he's on Telemundo, he said he's going to be eating. Guess what? Oh, my God. Spooky sauce. Guacamole. Of course. Because he also is 
Hispanic. <laughs> right. He's on right. Telemundo, Ben. It reminds <laughs> me of when Dr. Jill went down to Austin and gave them credit for the breakfast taco or something along those lines. Mm. Also, when Hillary Clinton had her hot sauce in her purse on oh, the breakfast club. Wow. Because you know how black she, people only keep ketchup and, no, I'm sorry, only keep hot sauce yes. in their purse. Yes. I keep ketchup in my wallet. Oh, sure. I always have those a little, little packet. Packets. Yes. <laughs> Practice safe french fries. Always have a little packet of ketchup. No condoms. Oh, but a little. Condiments. Mm. Hello. <laughs> so he said he's going to enjoy some guacamole. He also said ice cream, a little chocolate chip ice cream afterwards. So our president's diet is going to consist of good old green guac. I would hope some chips or hum or, or some I just, uh, eat, I just eat it with a spoon. Just a spoon. Just eat it with a spoon there. He's a self-proclaimed ice cream guy, and it's not been a secret that he loves the frozen tree. According to Biden, he <laughs> says, I ran for vice president just so I could get ice cream. Whoa, that's, I don't think that's true. <laughs> yes. In 2021, Jenny's Ice Creams <gasps> unveiled an homage to the president's go-to order oh. of a double scoop of chocolate chip and a waffle cone with its White House wow. chocolate chip. Jenny's Ice Cream, Columbus, Ohio based. The White House chocolate chip included crunched chocolate flakes. Oh, and chocolate covered waffle cone pieces in a vanilla ice cream. Isn't that the melting pot? I can't I can't eat it before bed. I won't be able to fall asleep. Joseph is bad. It's bad now, for my digestion. Back in 2017, when he was vice president or the former vice president at that time, before he was president, he received a uh, Biden received a Biden themed ice cream oh. from Cornell Dairy ahead of speaking at Cornell University convention ceremony, a uh, convocation ceremony that spring. It was dubbed the Big Red, White and Biden. Mm. So mm. this is interesting to me. He gives an interview to Telemundo, mm -hmm. but he apparently has decided not to give the traditional uh, Super Bowl week interview to Fox News. He did change that, however. Yeah. He will be doing that now. He's oh. going to be giving that to Fox Soul. So, okay, so it is Fox oh. Core. Yes, it's still Fox Core. So he will be doing the interview now. Initially, he said, let's leave it to Rihanna. I can't compete with her. <laughs> right. But now he will be doing that with Fox Soul, which is a derivative of Fox News. I'm not exactly it's, sure. It's yeah, the it's first African time I'm American. Hearing. Yeah, like it's the Fox. first time I'm hearing of it, to be honest <laughs> with you. So perhaps he'll bring some attention and help out that News Corps brand. After Rupert <laughs> yeah. Murdoch said he has to fire five percent of their workforce, whoa, because he just doesn't have enough money oh. to make. He doesn't. He can't make. He can't make um, ends meet. These like, billion dollar corporations keep running out of money. Isn't that weird? So News Corp, another corporation uh, that is firing five percent of their workforce. It goes on and on with that. So Biden, who played high school football and for a short time attended the University of Delaware is a Philadelphia Eagles oh, fan. That checks out. He's Scranton. Scranton. Uh, scrappy. Does that, scrappy from Scranton. Does that lower your approval rating of him or raise it, Ben? Well, now, as far <laughs> I mean, as the people of Philadelphia, I love Philadelphia. I love the history of the of the city, and I mm -hmm. love the people. I love everyone who comes out to our shows. Philly. I love me Philly. Love Philly. But when it comes to sports fandom, my yeah, goodness, Mr. Yeah. Irvine. Yeah, I was the only time I almost... Got my ass beat was a <laughs> Philadelphia soccer game, no less, as I went as a Columbus Crew fan. And uh, this man with face tattoos tried to fight not just me, not just my friend, but my friend's girlfriend. It was like, all right, Philly, slow your roll. 
fly Eagles fly. They really get very upset. And for some reason, when Philadelphia Eagles fans win, they destroy the city. And if they lose, they destroy the city. But I think they destroy the city more if they are happy than if they're sad. Well, they climbed so the I don't know what's going on. And that one guy ate horse shit. Right, right. I mean, I have no idea. Either way, horse shit, the guacamole oh. created by the animal. Well, that's what I'll be having on Sunday. Thank horse you. shit. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So he's going to be enjoying the events. With his first lady, Jill Biden, mm. and uh, they'll just have a nice time. And I don't know, I guess cover each other in guacamole <laughs> and other soft treats because I don't think either of them have their original teeth. Oh, I guess while we're while they're we're mentioning them. How do you feel about Kamala Harris's husband, the first the first gentleman? First dude. And, Don Inhofe? Yeah, and uh, and Jill Biden kissing. How do you feel about their mouth? Their... Wait, did they have a mouth kiss? Yeah, they, they gave kissed, a bit of a mouth they kiss. Kissed, I think that's kind of cool. I think it's kind of romantic. Not, it's, you know, they're not together, but I mean, you know, like it's unity. Well, it's unity. Uh, European. It's very European. It is also funny because I do remember a speech where Joe Biden did acknowledge the crowd there. And he was like, Don's spending more time with my wife than I am these days. <laughs> Look at him there. Hey, look at that fella. It was pretty funny, but then it was also like, are you accusing them of sleeping together, Mr. President? Scandal in the White House. Oh, wow. I'm sleeping all the time, so I don't know. Wow, when geriatrics get horny. <laughs> Watch out. They rub guacamole on each other. I did see that, and I don't know what to think. I feel as if sometimes you're going in for the chick, uh, the, uh, right, the, right. the cheek kiss. And then everyone thinks they're going on the other side. And then, yeah. I mean, how many times do we make a mistake with the handshake? You I go for the bump, do. you go I, for the shake, <laughs> you're going for something fancy. I don't know. That's why I just give them the nub. I give, right. them, the, I give them the fist Yeah, and go from there. Go or, for a fist only. And then, but if, if, you keep slip it up, if you slip up the fist, then next thing you know, you're making out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or it was a Freudian slip. Oh. And they, you know, they kissed when they should have been, you know, oh, greeting each other. Well, interesting. I, it's about time the Democratic Party comes together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Literally. No. All right. Well, let's move on. Obviously, a bit of a lighthearted story. We mentioned ice cream and Joe Biden. But let's mention something far more important. The National Rifle Association. Mm. When it comes to scandal, it has been no uh, stranger to scandal. In the recent years, they have lost one million members Ooh. since corruption allegations surfaced. Uh, Executive Vice President Wayne LaPierre, he's a real piece of shit. He told attendees at the gun rights group that the most recent board meeting, the organization is down to 4.3 million members. Hmm. Uh, in 2019, that number was up. The NRA is now smaller than it has been since 2012 when internal documents show the group had 4 million members. Hmm. And I think it's important to remember, as we talk about the Second Amendment and the NRA always shoehorns its way in there, mm -hmm. it has never been over 5 million, 6 hmm. million members. It's still a small minority in this country, and the, but the political clout is unreal. Well, they have all that money. As we saw exactly. in 2015, 2016, there was $20 million. A lot of it came from the Ruskies, went to the NRA, and then the NRA funneled that to the vast majority of Republican candidates. So it is a powerful, powerful group of people, but there are not that many of them. Exactly. And it's important to remember that. The drop in membership has driven a stark decline in the NRA's revenue over the same period. The presentation shows revenues were down nearly 24 million Oof. or 
11%. So 24 million being 11%, I'm not quick enough to do the math, but I do understand that means this corporation is exceptionally well-funded by only 5 million people. Mm -hmm. So we're now in this case, 4 million, but nonetheless, it's a powerful group of folks. And that's why, again, we have to remember we outnumber all these motherfuckers Mm -hmm. and know the, at, at, at its peak, the NRA is still a fraction of a fraction of this society, but yet they have so much money, which, as we know, with the Supreme Court means they have so much more speech hmm. between 2021 and 2022. Expenses grew by more than eleven point five million, a thirty seven point four million dollar or thirty two percent shortfall in membership dues was behind the revenue collapse. So hmm. I don't care. You can have any thoughts you want on guns, but get the fuck out of the NRA. Ah. Mm -hmm. Even if you love, I don't care if you wear your little, you got your little rifle shirt, which is a very bizarre thing. I don't know why (laughs) people wear AR-15s on their shirts. It's not a fashion statement. If you do take it seriously, you should take it seriously enough not to like have that next to a t-shirt that somebody is wearing of Doja Cat. It's ah. like, it's a gun. It's a tool. It's an, I don't walk around with a fork on my fucking t-shirt. Mm. Oh, you do love forks. I do. Everyone loves forks. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with if I have a fork on the shirt. Though. No. But if you I have just a gun. Don't see it. But, but if I have, it's different. It's a different connotation though. Forks don't go and kill children in elementary school. We don't know how many, yet. we don't know how many kids die from forks every year, to be fair. Or <laughs> fork incidents, obviously. Spoon slash fork. And that's why I'm sitting here and I'm telling you, these spoons Spoons are identifying as forks. These forks are identifying as spoons. We got sporks running our fucking school system. Next thing you know, boys are girls. Girls are boys. Talls are shorts. Fats are thins. What's going on? It all started with the spork. Folks, you heard it here first. My son identifies as a spork now. I like the fatter thins thing. I, everything else you can trash, but I like the fats or thins. Oh. Yes, I'm I identify fat. as thin. I identify as thin. Oh, I think okay. it's really important what you're saying, Ben, because especially uh, the NRI's political fund, they dropped, what, 40% according mm-hmm. to statistics from 2020 to now. So that's, that's a lot of money that they're not going to be now, getting. Now, I do wonder if that money is like just not going to gun causes anymore or if it's just going to other gun groups. Because there are, well, every state has even, there's gun groups that are even more um, pro-Second Amendment, pro-constitutional carry than the NRA. Without the bureaucracy. Yeah, exactly. I think the NRA, oh. the NRA is to guns what PETA is to animals. Okay. Where it's just a marketing wing. Got it. All they do is hire a celebrity like Ted Nugent. In PETA's case, it's Pamela Anderson. And then they pretend as if they're standing up for something. And at the end of the day, people are just making a bunch of fucking money on the back <laughs> sure, end. Right? Yeah, That's right. really all it is. What have they done? To expand any of whether it be animal rights or gun rights, the NRA, uh, again, it's just a funneling wing for the Republican Party. It the Second Amendment and guns are just a cute in for some people. And then once you're in, all of a sudden the culture war shit starts up and it becomes an identity. Mm. And again, a gun is a tool. It's not supposed to be a personality but of course, the NRA, that's what it sells, right? I'm almost embarrassed that I hadn't realized that. You're right, because it's not its not even advocating for a change and making policy better. It's literally just status quo repetition. Mm-hmm. It's echo chamber, pay me money, go to our event. And it's just another one of the, it's just a scheme for these people to make money off of the backs of other people who I think the NRA membership, well, I'm sure there are some struggling folks who are in the NRA, but then I'm also sure that there's some very wealthy folks as well. Oh, sure. I mean, it's a lot of middle class rural people, I'm sure, are part of it. But 
to your point, the administrators, the leadership, yes, they're definitely grifting. They're just taking yeah. that money and using it for whatever. Also, don't forget that in the 1960s, when the NRA was around, they were pro-gun control because they wanted to get the Black Panthers right. no off guns the streets for them. with no guns for them. Yeah. So, you know, they mm -hmm. are clearly working for somebody powerful, but Absolutely. not the people. Absolutely under the guise of protecting our constitutional rights. According to Rocky Marshall, a former NRA board member who unsuccessfully ran to unseat Wayne LaPierre last year, they had a blunt assessment. This is what they told The Reload. I'm reading this off of TheReload.com, <laughs> which, of course, is something you have to do after you look at Pornhub. Dot com. All right, folks. And I'm just going to say this coming from Rocky Marshall, this quote, when it uh, when discussing, in his opinion, the hemorrhaging of support from the NRA is fucking disgusting, uh, given what we have seen on the streets and in the classrooms all over this country. This is what Rocky says about the NRA struggling. This is a bloodbath. And the NRA is desperately trying to stop the blood loss. He says the current financial situation is untenable and is akin to bailing a leaky boat out with a spoon. Whoa, a spark. <laughs> this is significant. Full circle. This is significant because as he told Newsweek, Rocky Marshall pointed out that with a Democratic president who is pro-gun control, we should be seeing more people coming right. to the That's NRA. That's what happened with Obama. Yeah. 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 But, gun sales exploded. NRA membership exploded. But it's not. They're losing members. So I think people are starting to realize that you get a sticker and that's it. And that is it. Right, and right, right. Again, it has nothing to do with the Second Amendment. And this two way was never, again, supposed to be your entire fucking personality. Mm. At least put out a podcast for the Patreon members or something, NRA. <laughs> yeah, give him some. I want to hear Wayne's hot takes. <laughs> he does have, he, I believe he does talk quite a bit on radio shows and his hot takes. Oh my God. They come out very slow and droopy, mm. but they're exceptionally dangerous because he is an extreme grifter and a dangerous American schmuck. At least Mike Lindell, you can kind of laugh at. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> right. Almost laugh with on Jimmy Kimmel. He did a good job. Great job. Mm -hmm. Shout All out to James Adomian. Also did a great job as Mike Lindell, too. <laughs> All he does is sell fucking pillows. Right. So you're like, all <laughs> right. Don't kill anybody unless strategically placed over the victim's face. Oh, I got you now. And that's not the pillow's fault. That's the victim's fault for being an annoying grandma. <laughs> <laughs> So this is according to other members. They say if the organization's projections of a sizable rebound in member revenues in 2023 do not materialize, the long run risks they face may have quickly become short run risks of a cash shortfall, mm. downsizing core operations and borrowing to make up for lost member dues can only work for so long. So remember, people do change. Um, and again, you don't even have to change your opinion on guns. Just realize that if you are giving money to the NRA, right, you might as well be tithing Joel Osteen at a mega church because mm. none of it's going to what you think it's going to. It's going to maybe some pamphlets. Otherwise, it's just going to a bureaucratic class mm -hmm. making millions off of your emotional decision to give them money. Very stupid. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and 
producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. All right, just lastly, before we get to who's who... Who's going to be running for candidate for president in 2024? We're going to focus on the Republicans because, to be honest with you, um, some folks in the left have said Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren. I've heard some people say AOC because she's going to turn 35 three months before the inauguration. So technically mm. she could. I don't think there's going to be a Democratic challenge on Joe Biden. I right. don't. I agree, especially after a very strong State of the yes. Union performance this week. I think that was the test. And that's why you're seeing a lot of Republicans announcing now because they wanted to see who they would be up against. Right. And it's clearly going to be Joe Biden. That was a I'm running for reelection kind of speech. Right. So mm-hmm. we're not going to focus on them barring something crazy. Yeah. Like if Bernie announces again or I just ooh, don't think Bernie. it's going to I just happen. don't think it's going to because no, because Joe's given them all that they want. I mean, right. Buttigieg has a job in the administration. It's like, right. why would you bite the hand that feeds you? And then also, to be fair, Bernie had his chance. He Bernie's, ran. Bernie's mm-hmm. very powerful Senate committee uh, leader right now. So Right. But he's lost. He lost again. Yeah. Right. It's right. not happening. Him right. and Joe he's get He's also yeah. very fucking old. They're both super old guys. <laughs> super old. <laughs> Let's just let bygones be bygones. So let we'll Biden focus, be Biden. Let Biden <laughs> be Biden. So we'll focus on Republicans for that. But first of all, when you are running for president, you do got to grease the wheels mm-hmm. and you have to go to some of these. Um, fundraisers mm-hmm. and some of these organizations that turn out the vote. The pony shows. Yeah. One of the one of the organizations that turns out the vote, specifically theoretically for young people, which I don't know how any of them could follow this guy, but it's Turning Point USA. Oh, it was founded by Charlie Kirk, who man, <laughs> his I just, face. He's like well, the, the thing is, like his face is, gets, keeps getting sucked into gets, the middle of his face. It's smaller. So his head gets bigger. It's smaller and smaller, almost like his asshole is sucking it into oh, his no. body <laughs> because exactly. he spews so much dumb shit. And he's he, the thing is, he's losing his hairline. Oh, oh. so now his head is so, looking even bigger, while his face keeps getting smaller. And of course, he's the man who desperately tried to kiss Candace Owens, but then she just ended up marrying a far more attractive man. Oh. Uh, but you know, he was like, maybe, maybe Candace. Oh. So Donald Trump has been upset with Turning Point USA again, uh, led by Charlie Kirk, a man who smiles so little because he doesn't want to reveal his gummy truth, <laughs> is upset <laughs> because Trump says, I am one of the people that helped Turning Point USA mm. really become something. And Turning Point USA says, no, we're the institution that helped you become something. Oh, Trump is now frustrated with Charlie Kirk, saying that he's not gracious and he's not grateful for all the work that Donald Trump put in mm. because now Turning Point USA is turning to Ron DeSantis. <laughs> so it's an interesting situation 
when it comes to Republican politics. Uh, Charlie Kirk has had positive overtures for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for quite a while. Mm. Trump says he's been, quote, watching Kirk's relationship with DeSantis as uh, (laughs) Turning Point uh, hosts rallies. And uh, the Florida governor has headlined those rallies. More recently, Trump noticed Kirk starting to ally himself with DeSantis in an effort to shake up the RNC or the Republican National Committee. DeSantis, on the other hand, has publicly praised um, Harmeet Dillon, who was boosted heavily by Kirk in comments that made waves at the RNC. Now, Harmoot, of course, did end up, or Harmeet, rather, did end up losing the RNC race. It's back to a McDonald who has that. Right. Yes. Nonetheless, it seems as if Charlie Kirk is going away from the Donald. This is according to an advisor for Trump. He says, Trump feels like he has made Charlie and Charlie's ungrateful and Trump's not been happy for a while. Hmm. He's like, you call him and you tell him he'd be nothing without my son. (laughs) What? (laughs) I love it when these guys fight. I really do. I'm loving it. I'm here for it. They are in. Tell him his face is too small. His head is too big. And there's only room for one big headed bastard around here. It's got to be me. Yes, indeed. So the advisor says, I see that Kirk's trying to cover all his bases, trying to triangulate between Trump and DeSantis, and Ron may not care, but Trump notices. So there you go. According to Trump Jr., this is what he said in a statement. Uh Few people in politics have been a stronger, (laughs) more loyal ally to both my father and our entire family than Charlie. (laughs) Trump Uh, Jr. (laughs) I know my father... I know my father appreciates Charlie's early endorsement and all of us value his friendship. No amount of BS quotes from anonymous sources who have no clue what they're talking about will ever change any of that. Mm. That's how he ends his sentences. Right. Well, is he snorting more? <laughs> He's snorting more, whatever. Yeah, I believe mm-hmm. it. So according to Stephen Chang, uh, he says, Charlie endorsed President Trump's candidacy to be the next president of the United States. And he and Turning Point have always been great allies of the president however just watch what's going on the Uh tide is certainly turning and without a doubt republicans at the end of the day turning point usa it needs to be popular with the base so again Ah, it can continue to funnel money through its ranks right if they go all in with trump he ends up losing a primary where is your cash going to come from? You can't turn your back on DeSantis. It's sure. not politically advantageous. Right. So now they're realizing that DeSantis might be their golden boy. Oh, back to the top. That's fascinating. I mean, it's sad and hilarious that Charlie Kirk is in a position to be a power broker for the Republican Truly. Party at all. Very bizarre, buddy. It's very bizarre. But it is interesting. You almost could see an NRA-like situation happening here mm-hmm. if they choose the wrong horse mm-hmm. and exactly. the other guy gets it. Because then, then what happens to your face, Charlie Kirk? keeps you know, What if it expands? It becomes normal. Again. So what the fuck is Turning Point USA? Isn't it just a glorified Lincoln project? I mean, all they do, no. they hold on. What what is what does it do? Oh, turning point. Uh, they're uh, Charlie Kirk. They were appealing to young conservatives. Yes, but what does it? It holds conventions, yes. speeches. Yes, is it probably some money. marketing? You got some, some marketing arm there. of it, mm-hmm. but, but the, they don't do anything. It's just just political conversation, right? Yeah, it's kind of like a, a club. It's like a membership, basically. Like You get it, you sign up, you get right. the emails, you go to the things, you see Charlie Kirk, he's got a small face. Wow, fun. So if Charlie Kirk, like you said, 
doesn't choose the right candidate or gets behind somebody who people deem a loser. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, no one shows up to his stupid little fucking events. Uh huh. And he's uh, well, no, he'll never be in the poorhouse. He never was. He has generational wealth. Right. But his little group, his little club, dissolves, like right? the NRA. Well, they're just the money pockets smaller, and then you're forced to lay people off. And next thing you know. Charlie Kirk's writing all the emails himself, but he can't see the keyboard or the screen because his face keeps shrinking into his own skull. <laughs> it really is completely bizarre. A real uh, yellow bastard uh, from uh, Sin City there. Just a bizarre. Well, I guess he had a bigger face, but <laughs> nonetheless, <laughs> little lips. Everybody teeth. has a bigger face than Charlie Kirk. I don't know what's wrong with the guy. It's, uh, you know, he was. He was born butt first and the doctor slapped the wrong <laughs> cheek. I have no clue what happened to him, but he's a strange man. But you're right, Ben. It's like that Google uh, chat GPT that they just came out with that gave a completely wrong answer. And Google lost like $100 million in, in shares in Whoa. that instant. Right. right. This guy has to get it right. Because yeah. if you don't get it right, like Ben said, what else do you do? This is your one job. You're mm -hmm. supposed to tell us what candidate we're supposed to back. Right. And the thing with Turning Point is, they really just want to bet on the right horse in the primary. Exactly. The general is just going to be money, 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 go against Joe Biden, get on TV, the whole deal. But if you make right. the wrong choice, if he backs Ron DeSantis and Trump ends up getting the nomination, oh, Charlie, you're in trouble now. Right. This is according to a second person who's in Trump's political orbit. Uh, they say Trump world is very aware of what's coming out <laughs> of turning point. <laughs> Trump world. It's like a shittier Disney world. Yes. Trump it's world. Just Mar -a -Lago. Trump world is very aware of what's coming out at Turning Point. They go on to say Charlie and Turning Point were very close to Trump since the beginning. <laughs> but the distance has grown since the beginning of 2022. And then you get to the end of 2022. There's a coordinated effort for Turning Point USA to build what relationship with Ron? Why? Charlie wants to be next to the new shiny thing on the block. Ooh. American politics, the only place where Trump at one point was the new shiny thing on the block, and now <laughs> it's Ron DeSantis. Wow. Ooh, the new shiny thing on the block. Ooh. You're really messed up when the new shiny things are Trump and DeSantis. You like, know, you that's American mm, politics. You're wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, they are shiny, to be fair. <laughs> well, there are a bunch of other shiny objects trying to glimmer themselves. Yes, indeed. So uh, the person added, like so many others, there would be no Charlie Kirk without Donald Trump. Wow. Hence Donald Trump being aggravated hmm. with Charlie Kirk. All right. Well, one of the things that's going to be happening now is the presidential hopefuls uh, start to throw their names into the proverbial hat. Mm, the ones that are not Trump or DeSantis. Is the, they're going to have to start going to places like Turning Point USA. Yeah. They're going to start going to these groups, these institutions, mm -hmm. the NRA. Right. Start groveling, Grovel. start fundraising. Mm -hmm. So let's go through a who's who of dipshits who want to run <laughs> Truly. in 2024. We're going to we go. focus on the Republicans here again, barring something different, some big change. Joe Biden is running for president again with the Democrats. All right. Well, let's start with Mike Pompeo. He has an outside Whoa. chance. He has lost a bunch of weight. Mm. He has said he's going to decide on his presidential run in the next handful of months. And judging by the, the size hell does of that his, even mean handful of months, <laughs> he does not have large hands. So it should be coming out fairly soon. <laughs> yeah. This is what Pompeo had to say. This is, he was speaking with CBS's. Uh, this was a, uh, in interview he did with Gail King on CBS Mornings. Wow. This is what he had to say. Gail King, that's Oprah Winfrey's buddy. 
Yes, Susan is his wife, by the way, Pompeo. <laughs> Susan and I are thinking, praying, trying to figure out uh, if this is the next place to go serve. Jesus mm. We haven't gotten to that conclusion. We'll figure this out in the next handful of months. Mm. Pompeo is also out with a new book. Ah, and oh. it is a very, very funny title. Oh, okay. Pompeo's new book is entitled mm-hmm. Never Give an Inch. What the hell? <laughs> Handful of months, never given inch. What's this man? Yeah. Just colloquial the, the, wisdom. The book wisdom? is never given inch. Not if your bitch didn't make you dinner anyway. Oh boy. Susan, you're not gonna get the inch tonight. <laughs> I don't think you've made the goddamn oh my God. pizza pie the way Pompeo likes. I'm it. never giving my wife any inches. She gets no inch. <laughs> anyway, so the name of his book is Never Give an Inch. All right. Fighting for the America I Love. Oh. So right before you start groveling to the <laughs> douchebags that hold some money bags, gotta you write gotta a write book. a shitty book yep. that nobody reads and you buy thousands of copies yourself. Right. So you get one weekend on the New York Times bestseller list. That's right. Chris Christie did the same thing. He was on Man. a little book tour on the media. When I worked at Fox News, I knew when anyone had a book, boxes and boxes, right. Andrea Tantero's book, Tied Up in Knots. Oh, yeah. They were just like, you want a book? Here's a book. Yeah. Donald Trump, you want the book? You can take the books. Yeah. Take the book. Someone take the books. Take these books. And then after about a month, they I think they were just thrown away. Yeah, because there's what? an intern just like, please, someone take yeah. these books. Yeah, boxes. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, boxes. <laughs> no, no, boxes. You're right. Thousands of books. So anyway, the Pompeo book, what would be the backdrop for a presidential run by Pompeo? The book focuses on his tenure as serving as CIA director and secretary of state under the Biden administration. One thing I find interesting here is as Trump ran and said, I'm the billionaire who greased all the wheels I've given to Republicans and Democrats. I'm the Wizard of Oz. Vote for me. It'll be more transparent Hmm. when it comes to air quotes. The deep state Pompeo is running on. I'm CIA. Right. Don't don't worry (laughs) about the intelligence state running amok. It's me. I'm going to be the president. So it's no longer done in the dark. It's being brought to some kind of light. Yeah, because he never gives an inch. (laughs) <laughs> never give an inch mm, okay you better make sure the burgers aren't cold <laughs> you ain't gonna get my inch tonight susan so he says he wants to put the american people at the front of american foreign policy um so that'll be good all right so the front lines of battle basically well i'll tell you one thing man we're of an age now where we'll talk about it but seriously if you are 16 to 24, mm. there's a chance you might see battle ah. in World War Ugh. III. Now, I don't know if that's going to be up to your knees in muck and blood. It might be from the uh, from the comforts of a Nevada gaming room right. where you can control drones with your fingers yeah. and watch the explosions from afar. But nonetheless, mm. it is deeply traumatizing. If you have a chance, watch Drone Wars. I believe it's called Drone Wars. Dirty Wars. Dirty Mm -hmm. Wars. Yes, yes, yes. I believe that's the documentary where they go and they talk to people who do this from nine to five. It's yeah. a nine to five job. Yeah. They were working in Iraq and Afghanistan, but in order to their their drones right. were in Iraq or Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and uh, the center that they were working from was in Nevada. Right. And the PTSD that they were experiencing was yeah. really a trip because again, you get up, you go to work at nine a.m., you're done at five p.m., but while you're at work, you're actively killing people. Yeah. Man, it was interesting hearing the perspective of those folks because 
obviously it does weigh on you. And that's Radley Balco, right? The uh, the documentarian journalist. Absolutely. I believe so. Yeah, dirty Wars. Drones mm-hmm. have completely changed the way war works. Uh, look at what's happening right now in Ukraine. The Bayraktar. Do you guys know about that little drone that's completely no. complete? Well, let's Is it like talk- a weather balloon? <laughs> let's get to drones after we do this because okay. I, yes, we'll, yes, we'll yes. kind of close More out the we'll close out the episode with a little drone talk. But let's continue to drone on about Mike Pompeo. When asked uh, <laughs> if Trump has any way or any uh, impact on his decision, Pompeo said none. This is what he said. He said, when you run for president, you're making the case to the American people. So all the folks who decide to run on both sides of the aisle will be presenting themselves, their ideas. They'll make arguments. I hope they'll speak in a language that is fundamentally decent and speaks to the higher calling of America and is an optimistic message. You know, we've fallen far when the CIA op is like, let's get optimistic. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a thing or two about coup d'etats, but can we do it with a smile? Right, right, right. He finishes up. It won't matter to the Pompeos. Who else decides to run? We'll make that decision based on whether we think hmm. this is our moment. Uh, oh, gosh. So there you go, Mike Pompeo. He is circling the wagons to perhaps represent the CIA yeah. in the White House. Another person who's in the governor house in Virginia is Glenn Youngkin. Whoa. He has said that he would like to run for president. Glenn Youngkin able to win in the state of Virginia, keeping right. Donald Trump at a arm's length, but also, again, was able to shake uh, hands with a lot of the Trump supporters. He fancies himself a pragmatic Republican. Uh, this is what he had to say. This is according to uh, Iowa family leader, CEO, Bob Vanderplatz. Okay. You never think these names are real until you read them. Yeah. Bob Vanderplatz <laughs> of okay. the Vanderplatz. Is this a ABC sitcom? Bob the Vanderplatzes? Bob Vanderplatz. This is what he had to say about Glenn Youngkin. He says, Youngkin's only campaign talking point right now is, I won won Virginia. Virginia. He's going to need something more than that. Hmm, Take it from Bob Vanderplatt. He knows a (laughs) thing or two about suspenders and (laughs) what it takes to run for president. Wow. Fair point. In recent weeks, Youngkin has made several steps in Southwest Florida, including most recently on December 16, when he toured a coal mining operation that is creating 181 new jobs um, for Tazewell and Buchanan counties. Now, 181 new jobs at a presidential level is not even right. making you, the headlines, low lines, midlines. Uh, 181 jobs ain't much, but in a state like Virginia, I mean, that's sure. 181 people. And in a town like uh, probably that coal town. Yeah, it's yeah, huge. Coal town. Now, does that lead to it? It seems like it's putting a band aid on a, on a hemorrhaging economy. Ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because how long is, you know, coal really going to be the main gig out there. I don't see why places like Virginia can't have a clean energy plant and then take those 181 new jobs and multiply them, you know, by five, six, whatever. Mm. But of course they're still working with coal Uh, in the According to Coronado global resources, that's a leading international producer of high quality metallurgical coal. They announced plans to expand in Buchanan County and Tazewell County. The company's commitment of $169 million towards the expansion <laughs> will increase the capacity of the Buchanan mine complex. So hmm. if you're Glenn Youngkin, hmm. this is something that you can run on. You can say, I brought jobs back to Virginia. Sure. You've got this coal mine. It's tangible. People are going back to work. 
You have 181 people to mine for an ad. All you need is three of them to be like, thank you, Glenn. Right. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that's what he wants to campaign on. Jobs, jobs, jobs. And uh, again, whether it's sustainable work or not is up for debate, right. obviously. But also education. That's what gave him the election in 2021. And then also, I would just throw out there that he was a Republican governor who was able to flip a Joe Biden state. Basically, right. so also Yunkin has downplayed his opposition to abortion rights during his campaign, but has now said he would sign any bill. That's a quote, any bill to, quote, protect life. Hmm. Uh, he wants allies in the General Assembly to pass a 15 or 20 week yes. ban. Yes. Um, so he's definitely going to play the culture war. Yeah. He's going to play the economic game. And uh, he's also facing fresh debate over uh, guns. There was a deadly shooting, uh, leaving 13 victims dead in three. As a matter of fact, there was three deadly shootings, leaving 13 people dead uh, in Virginia. Hmm. And of course, Virginia, the uh, the home of many interesting historic events within this nation. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, that's another um, group you have to go grovel in front of if you're running for the Republican nomination as the pro-life crowd. Right. So that's another big part, along with Turning Point and the NRA. Absolutely. According to Republican donor Bobby Kilberg, he says... Kilberg, Vanderplatz, love him. (laughs) He says this year is going to be a big test for Glenn. He goes on to say, he is sophisticated. He is smart. He can work across the aisle with Democrats. Oh, Again, Young can capture national attention by winning the state that Joe Biden carried by 10 percentage points just one year early. Hmm. This is tangential. But coal is actually on the rise since Youngkin got elected. Since in 2021, our use of coal has actually risen in the world. And because of what happening, what's happening again in Ukraine, right. natural gas and everything, the pry, everything happening, coal is actually on the rise. So what if this guy just gets lots of funding because he is pro-coal? It could. Actually, I mean, hell, yeah. look at look at Joe Manchin. He's had a yeah. a long history in politics because, of course, uh, he represents coal country. Right. They're in West Virginia, according to Kristen Davison. A political advisor to Yunkin, she says it's one thing to win an election and give a good speech. Governor Yunkin is showing Americans what it means to deliver results. So it looks like he'll run as a social moderate to some degree, a job creating Republican who can work across the aisle. That's the Yunkin message. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's a good message. I and mean, I mean, Fernando highlighted another good group that's great to grovel in front of because they got a lot of money. And that's the energy companies. Right. And all their super PACs. True. So a lot of money. Yeah. Whoever, honestly, that's whoever gets all the money in this Republican primary. That's who you keep an eye on. We can just end the show now then. All <laughs> no right. shit. You don't want to spoil. Yes. At the end of the day, whoever gets the most money. Whoever is can appeal Although, to all these groups. Trump didn't win. Uh, with, that's uh, true. More money no. than Jeb. Jeb. That's true. Jeb hemorrhaged money on that exclamation point. <laughs> I know. And he was handed out all the turtles Please to clap. children. Please clap. Please clap. Which that uh, was spawned on <laughs> by our friends, the good liars. They're one of the reasons why he said, please clap. That's great. <laughs> which is pretty fantastic. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. All right, moving on to a name you might not know, but who wants to get more known, Asa Hutchinson who? or Asa Hutchinson. What? It's what a dude. He's old it's and he's not fucking... A it's not a, a dog from 1850? <laughs> <laughs> here, Asa. Here, Asa. Asa, stop pissing on the couch. <laughs> Asa Hutchinson, former Arkansas governor. Uh, he says he might announce in probably April. That's what he told Nicole Killian on Red and Blue. Uh, Hutchinson has just said his deciding factor for him will be whether, quote, he continues getting the response to the message that I bring. So mm. he wants to get that response mm. to the message. What is the message? Well, yeah. he said right now it's been very, very positive uh, looking for someone that is not uh, voters are, quote, looking for someone that is not going to be creating chaos but also has got the record of being a governor. Hmm. He goes on to say when it comes to Arkansas, and one of the reasons why he thinks he can win is because he wants to uh, lower taxes. Mm -hmm. And he also said that Arkansas, we're the number one pro-life state. Hmm. So okay. there Another you pro-lifer. Go. So he's going They're far good. more with the social rhetoric. Yeah. And then also arguing that uh, they have lowered taxes, but the state of Arkansas as a whole I would argue isn't doing quite as well as right. the state of Virginia. Right. So yeah. when it comes to lowering taxes, oftentimes uh, it might sound good, but then when you drive through, you're like, we need roads. Yeah. <laughs> and road infrastructure. Signs yeah. And sure. Infrastructure. Because the people that are going to get the money always get the money yes. no matter what. So it doesn't matter how low the taxes are. It's going to be going to the people that profit the most. Mm. So he summed up his record as governor. This is Asa Hutchinson again mm -hmm. as one of, quote, problem solving. And then he says, I'm, quote, not reactionary or vengeful. Or angry. Hmm. So it's... Uh, ah, gee, so, I wonder who he's referencing there. <laughs> what could yeah. that mean? Well, that's mean? so basic. There's a lot of that where it's like, I'm not an asshole. I mean, <laughs> I am an asshole, but I'm not that kind that of an kind asshole. Of asshole. Well, see, that's another great group to go grovel in front of for money. The Asshole Caucus. <laughs> the Asshole Caucus. Oh, my goodness. What a bunch of puckering faces that would be <laughs> to speak in front of. <laughs> All right. So Asa Hutchinson, another dude out of New Hampshire. This man is a legacy. He looks like a legacy. Yeah, man, there's something about the children of successful folks. They're all half-baked. Mm. New Hampshire Governor <laughs> Chris Sununu. 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 He's taking some major steps forward in running for president. Uh, this past Wednesday, he formed the, quote, Live Free or Die Committee. Mm. And uh, he has opened up a few organizations that can raise unlimited funds, a.k.a. super PACs. Ooh. So this is according to Sununu, which he said in a statement to NBC News. He said, I'm excited to talk about the successes that we've had in New Hampshire, oh. lowering taxes, creating educational choices for parents and kids, and building opportunities for businesses 
to grow and thrive. He goes on, what we've done in New Hampshire is a great model mm-hmm. for a federal government, specifically promoting the conservative tenets of li- limited government, local control, and individual responsibility. Mm-hmm. My question with Sununu coming out of New Hampshire, is he going to be socially conservative enough right. to make it through a Republican primary? Right. Probably not. I mean, New Hampshire is more of that New England Republican rhetoric. Right. Because live free or die, you could argue that would be pro-choice, right? Right. Sure. Well, mm. New Hampshire is a mixed bag. You drive into New Hampshire and the state sign says, welcome to New Hampshire, live free or die. And then the second sign you see is toll plaza ahead, $4 an axle. It's like, well... <laughs> I guess I got to die. Um, but Sununu is interesting. He is a legacy politician. Uh, his dad was John Sununu, who jumped around from governor to senator. Um, this choice is interesting to me because Chris Sununu, a lot of people thought he was going to run for Senate last year because New Hampshire is a swing state still in the truest sense. They have two Democratic senators still. Okay. And everyone thought Sununu was going to go for one of those Senate seats because he would he would probably win. He'd be yeah. a shoo-in. Um, so him kind of jumping over that hurdle and going straight for president you wonder if this is like a Beto O'Rourke move, right, mm. where you run for president so you get backing for a different race later on. So I find this very interesting. You can use that money for a lot of stuff. I can't imagine. Name recognition. Sununu is. It's a weird name. Well, it's Sununu, not... more like Sunono. Sunono, Sunono. I'll show myself out. I don't see a Republican out of New Hampshire winning a national election. I just don't. Right, right. Yeah. I don't see them getting through a primary. He's not going to speak the language of a South Carolinian, Mm. uh, of an Arkansonian. He's not going to do it right. He just, there's something about um, his area of expertise that I think reads really cool, live free or die. But as you said, then is that actually what the state does? Right, right. Is that how it actually treats it's people. So right. we'll see what Sununu wants to do. But I think you also might be right. A lot of this stuff is just a fucking shell game for cash as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with right? the super PACs. I mean, this is already, and I know we have like more candidates. We have four more we people. Have more candidates to get to, but this is already turning into a 2016 where you had your 17 Republican candidates. And the only reason each one of those, especially the kitty table debate, oh, right? God. With Lindsey Graham and George Pataki. Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee and, uh, oh, my buddy, Jim Gilmore. Oh, my God. That's right. I met him. I met him, and I was, like, about to interview him on video, and he just posed like we were getting a picture, and we didn't talk at all. Fantastic. <laughs> Jim Gilmore, I totally so, forgot about that side they would side all note. have a super PAC behind them, and that is what enables them to, yes, raise money, but also get their name out there. All and, right. Then this guy, uh, from what I understand, he's clearly said everyone's done with Trump. So he's one of those from Sununu. Yeah. So Sununu has already said that Trump is done. He's not going to win the nomination in New Hampshire. Yes. And then they asked him if the if it were held today, who would win? And he said Ron DeSantis. Oh, But in that same sentence, he said that uh, about Ron DeSantis, I'm number one in personal freedom. Ron is number two. So he's Ooh. also already like you giving know, the nod. Exactly. Maybe we're looking at DeSantis hey. Sununu ticket. And Although, you know, given given what the country has experienced, personal freedom, it might ring true to a lot of people. And uh, who doesn't like to have right. personal freedom? So if he can really make that his the live free or die right. thing, yeah, if he exactly. can really get that message out there. Well, who knows? He's taking the Republican Party in a Sununu direction. <laughs> I like that, actually. Feel free to use that one, Chris. Call me. Fantastic. And another man who I think would be very difficult to win a Republican primary from this state, Maryland, Ooh. former governor Larry Hogan. Now, Larry Hogan, his approval ratings were extremely high. 70 yeah. percent. That's a lot of people. Yeah, it's a lot a of people. Republican in a blue state. 
he was a Republican in a blue state, as you just said. But the question is, will that make him conservative enough again for a general election uh, or a primary election Mm -hmm. within the Republican Party? According to Associate Professor Michael Hamner, he does uh, research. He's the research director of the Center for American Politics and Citizenship. This is what he had to say about Hogan's decision not to endorse Donald Trump. This was, I believe, in 2015 then. So Hogan's decision not to endorse Donald Trump earned him support, but any perceived ties to the president could complicate the governor's uh, chances at re-election. This was before he was re-elected as governor. Mm. Even with such high approval ratings, he's at risk of suffering from what's going on within the Republican Party. His re-election is going to depend on how the Democrats put forward and how much they can attack Hogan. Uh, and what's going on with national politics. So he managed to sort of skate above sure. the Republican national brand, yeah. still win, mm-hmm. and say, take on Donald Trump and uh, say that he doesn't support Donald Trump. And he's one of the few Republican survivors who did that. Right. Mm-hmm. So he would kind of. So what does that mean? Does that mean that. It, is that a benefit or a negative? He's right. not a flip flopper, at least. He ain't a flip flopper, but it is a question of, you know, um, do you just get kind of realigned into that anti-Trump Republican group, like your John Kasichs on CNN. Right. You got your Joe Walsh's who has a podcast now. It's like a lot of those people don't have political careers anymore. No, they don't. They got media careers. Because the Trump base is still there. And technically, you're still going to need it. You need a part of it. If you don't have it and you still get past the primary and you somehow defeat the MAGA wing of the Republican Party, you're going to need him in a general. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still going to need him. Yeah. So we'll see if the anti-Trump Republican moderate from a Democratic leading state such as Maryland has any chance in hell, despite the fact he might be a rational person who could even who might be able to actually handle the job. Yeah. And who governed well, uh, objectively during COVID. I mean, that's why he was so popular. Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, you know, when it comes to how we choose a president, it doesn't necessarily Indicate who would be the best president. No, it does not. It's very unfortunate. Style, substance can often fall far behind styles. Yeah. Larry Hogan would do better in a general election as opposed to a primary election for sure. I'm reading that he was drafted for Senate Republican leadership in 2022, but he declined. Uh, Well, because Maryland's so blue. I mean, they have two Democrat senators. It is interesting. If a popular Republican governor in a blue state would go for Senator. It is interesting to see, could they make it through? But a lot of the times um, the Democrats just kind of dominate and, and especially in the blue state, mm, they're I like, understand. you know what? Okay. We're not flipping the Senate for Larry. We like Larry in the governor's office. We don't want him in the Senate. But it does happen that way. Mm-hmm. It does happen. So speaking of governors, this chick, I think she's real bonkers. She's out of South Dakota. <laughs> Kirsty Nome. No, She is going 100% social conservative. Mm-hmm. She's been on the front lines of the war oh, against, yes. uh, you know, what anything that is not exactly like her, she is against. And uh, so that would be part of her platform. This is what Noam says. Uh, she would just, she says, I would just like everyone to know that I'm currently focused on South Dakota. That's my priority. Um, but then when asked, where are you going to run for president? Uh, she says, uh, we don't rule it out. Oh, so there sure. you go. So sure. she's like, I'm your governor, but she is not ruling out running for president. Interesting. And a state like South Dakota, limited economy. Sure. Small amount of people. Right. Already a real, real red state. Yes. Maybe. Does it bring anybody along? 
Does it happen? So yeah. Gnome is also currently running digital ads in three states besides South Dakota. Mm. And those states are not on accident. Those states are Iowa, oh. New Hampshire, oh, interesting. and South Carolina. Oh. Uh, those states are among the first, obviously, for yeah. early primary uh, battles. Well, of course, she got very popular during COVID because she was the opposite of Larry Hogan. She was right. a no lockdown kept everything completely open and which of course in her state south dakota there's a lot more space right, maybe right. than works, maryland works better there and uh, and again we'll see how that plays uh, nationally this is what uh, Noam had to say when it comes to running there's several people out there talking about running for president i'm not convinced it has to be me but she goes on to say but i do think we have to have good people who are willing to step up and serve hmm. uh, Noam said if former President Donald Trump does run for president, she would support him uh-huh. instead of running herself. Interesting. Hmm. However, well, he is running, but she could potentially be a VP. Yes, and again, mm. I think that those ch- those things could change very, very quickly. Yes. Also, again, you still have to, especially in a state like South Dakota, which is massive mega. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's, a Trump, it's a Trump haven. She does need to tiptoe. Because you can't turn off that base. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. we have, uh, speaking of the intelligence state, we've talked about John Bolton. He's running on the ability to cause coup d'etats. <laughs> right. And he loves all of those. I don't think John Bolton has a fucking snowball's chance in hell. Yeah. So whatever. I don't even know what his policies would be other than like, what if we bomb him? He's a fucking <laughs> asshole. Sir, he you're is. talking about Cleveland. <laughs> yes. So John Bolton, the mighty mustachioed. I, he and Pompeo were fighting it off. Yeah, right. They're they're trying As to former see former Trump administration officials that no one liked yeah. in the first place. <laughs> right. I hate that I like Bolton. Well, I, the thing is, well, his mustache is fun. It would be fun to have another president with a mustache. I can't even recall. I think it was Grover so Cleveland. Competent. He oh, looks, William Howard Taft. He had a great mustache. He does. And the thing about John Bolton, to his credit, mm-hmm. I've done multiple panels with him. He is funny. Oh, but his jokes are all like, and then they died. (laughs) So it's like, it's, he is very funny. He's, he's got his, it would be interesting to see how he would do in a debate. Well, I just don't think he's going to stand out. And that would be, I know there's even a couple more candidates to get to, but that is honestly, as we saw in 2016, where you really, where that's where the rubber meets the road. Mm -hmm. If you're a Glenn Youngkin and you've got all this uh, energy behind you, all these practical ideas and everything. Like, do you can you carry yourself on a stage? Because if you can't, like we found yeah, in 2016, the- Donald Trump just owned senator after governor <laughs> after senator after governor, and he made them all look foolish. Yes, but of course, it's different times now. Trump has the stink of loss, and he's just so fucking out well, of his mind. But not even Trump specifically, but, but can you own the stage? And right. if you can't command right. that, I mean, John Kasich, sure, it was like, he's a great Republican governor, moderate. But he, he was so unlikable on stage. He flaps right. his arms too much. It's like, come on, buddy. You doing karate over here? <laughs> yeah, he looked like he wanted to fly away. So we'll <laughs> see what uh, Bolton can do. He does have a long history of being on television news, which is obviously right. performative. Give him a step Great. Up. Yeah, yeah. So perhaps mm-hmm. that would uh, help him there. Uh, one person is officially, officially running, and that is Nikki Haley. Whoa. Um, Called it. Her announcement will be coming February 15th. Nikki oh. Haley again out of South Carolina, uh, a woman who brought the Confederate flag down. Uh, this was obviously um, the state has gone through a lot, uh, specifically with Charleston and the uh, horrific violence uh, that South Carolina, uh, racial violence that uh, 
that it endured and still does. Uh, Nikki Haley wants to be more pragmatic. Obviously, she has international experience with her position with Donald Trump. Uh, This is what she said. She says, it's time for a new generation. Mm. It's time for new leadership. And it's time to take our country back again. (laughs) I don't know. know You take it back? Uh, I thought you were going to be new, but America (laughs) is worth the fight. And we're just getting started. Wow. All right. She's in it to win it. But as I said last time we talked about her, Either way, she makes a very good case for a VP to whatever person does get the nomination. Or maybe she does make all these white guys look super dumb. Maybe. And she relies on that UN experience and she carries herself. Woof. Joe Biden versus Nikki Haley in a debate. That would be that would be tricky for Joe. Yes, indeed. Uh, She held the governor office from 2011 to 2017, obviously, before she went to go work. With Donald Trump. So this is what Trump told reporters um, when it comes to the competition and when it comes to Nikki Haley, he says, I talked to her for a little while. I said, look, you know, go by your heart if you want to run, Hmm. which makes it seem as if Trump isn't scared of her, because whenever he's scared, he's like, then I heard her pussy stinks. Right. (laughs) He goes into full smear campaign Mm -hmm. mode. Right. That's interesting. It's not a threat to him. No. Mm, Interesting. Although I think that she could be Nikki Haley is definitely one of those candidates that could make waves Mm -hmm. again, as we still, uh, Live in a nation that has never seen a female president. Right. Sure. It's exceptionally possible mm-hmm. that it comes within the Republican Party, specifically in an election with a Democrat. Yeah. Like Joe Biden. Like mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And just lastly, Tim Scott. Oh, There's Tim also Scott, South Carolina. South Carolina. Uh, he's a black dude. He has been uh, a staunch Republican for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he has quite a bit of clout. He's a senator. Um, he has hired former Colorado Senator Cory Gardner and longtime Republican operative Rob Collins to co-chair a super PAC. Oh. Uh, that super PAC is going to be the Opportunity Matters Fund action, hmm. uh, and that's going to be supporting the senator's political efforts. Uh, Scott's decision to um, tap these two very politically savvy Republicans does show that he wants to run in 2020. Four. Interesting. So, Tim Scott, another person. Look out. The PAC is already banked. $17 million. Whoa. Yes. Uh, currently, Scott is the only black Republican senator. That's correct. Uh, he's traveling through South Carolina. He has a strong relationship with Nikki Haley. Scott Haley. Haley Scott. Oh. Uh, perhaps it's a South Carolina ticket. Hold on. Hold on. You actually can't have um, a president and a vice presidential candidate from the same state. Is that right? Yeah, it's absolutely. The Libertarian Party learned that the hard way if they had one uh, because they ran uh, a South Carolina uh, professor for president in 2020, as well as a South Carolina podcaster and blogger for vice president. So no shit. It's one of those little loopholes where, yeah, it's not only convenient to unite different states and different factions of the country, huh. but it uh, it makes an electoral college uh, debacle if they're from the same state. Well, that is fascinating. I, know. I did not so know that. It's going to be a race for South Carolina. Honestly, that South Carolina primary, the Republican primary, that's, that's going to be, gonna be yeah, yeah, that's that gonna will be big. Be big. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tim Scott is also planning on visiting Iowa, and obviously in Republican politics, um, Iowa is still extremely important. Yes. Uh, of course, not indicative of who's actually going to win, because I believe no. Mike Huckabee won, Rick Santorum won. Ted Cruz won. Ted Cruz won. Iowa's a strange... Yeah, they don't, it's, necessarily, it's a pre- they don't necessarily predict the winners. 
This, no. this man's also religious, right? He's extremely religious. So his is going to be, he's going to get the evangelical support. Mm-hmm. He's going to run on social conservatism. Sure. And then, of course, obviously, being a black man nullifies some of the left-wing um, arguments. They might, you know, obviously, yeah. they just throw their term racist out whenever. And uh, uh, ironically enough, uh, he will be receiving some backlash from white women, mostly. <laughs> oh, uh, specifically, yeah. people like Chelsea Handler, who just asked, if uh, Reverend Warnock wrote a children's book so Herschel Walker could read it. But just imagine, <laughs> just imagine if she said that about somebody else who was a Democrat. They'd be like, that's a racist question. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of double standards. And I think Tim Scott would be able to almost parlay that into a positive political uh, career. Yeah, he would transcend that. Nikki Haley would transcend that. I mean, again, diversity, oddly enough, Believe it or not, has never been the Republican Party's strong point um, for the last few decades yeah. since since the Southern strategy of Nixon. A- absolutely, obviously. since since LBJ lost the South. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, it is going to be interesting because you know the Republicans they do have their own problems with embracing certain candidates. Um, so this is going to be a real test for them. Honestly. But again, when it comes to evangelicalism, they are more diverse than people give them credit for racially. The one thing that matters is you believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. Okay. After that, like right. they're like, you got eight legs? Sure. Come on in. But right. also Jesus was white. Right. <laughs> 50-50. Okay. My, parents, right. my parents, it's inter- just firsthand you know, opinion. My parents go to a Haitian church in Florida oh. because that was the only one evangelical enough. enough. Mm. Yeah, Baptist, and uh, yeah. that Makes was sort sense, of, though. that was sort of one of the tenets of evangelicalism that got in because evangelicalism always wasn't so socially conservative. Like Jimmy Carter was an evangelical. Right. And then it just got co-opted into this whole yeah, milieu yeah. of bullshit. Yeah. Yes. Nastiness. Mm-hmm. So this is according to Gardner. Just lastly, he says, uh, this is the guy who's going to be in charge of uh, this, one of the guys in charge of the Tim Scott campaign. He says, I know firsthand what an inspirational leader and hardworking legislator Tim Scott is. He's an American optimist at a time when our nation desperately needs one. And that's why I'm proud to help him in any way I can. So those are the names right now as we see it. Uh, running the Pompeo, Yunkin, Hutchinson, Sununu, Hogan, Gnome, Bolton, Haley, and Scott. Wow. Yes. Indeed. So interesting. Very ver- a big variety. It's a who's who of who's Sununu. <laughs> exactly. And just finally, the U.S. is developing new weapons of mass destruction. That's Yay. thousands of drones. They're going to work together. They're going to work together to destroy enemy defenses. Uh, experts fear that the drones are going to be uh, cut loose and then it's going to lead to a, a whole series of civilian casualties Woo-hoo. and things of that nature. Robot war. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, according to DARPA, the Defense of Advanced Research Property Agency, they have been collecting bids from uh, suppliers for a $78 million contract for small drones that would be equipped with weapons and tools for navigation, communication, along with abilities ranging from radar jamming to launching lethal attacks. We also now know that over Hawaii, the weather balloon did end up spitting out some weird-ass laser. Oh, no way. Yeah, dude. I don't know enough. It's not in my wheelhouse. I'll read about it this week. But there was something that it omitted that the U.S. government is now looking into. Uh-oh. And so the question is, pew, pew, pew. as Alexa predicted, are we getting ready? For a mm-hmm. uh, less than cold war. Ah. Are we now in a, as Henry put it, a lukewarm 
Ooh, hmm, lukewarm. I like that. So That's we're definitely fun. we're definitely pulling we're definitely uh, filling up the bathwater here though for uh right for something we're getting ready November twenty third two thousand twenty three. That's what Alexa said. That's what Alexa said. Mm. So these small drones again. This technology it's currently being experimented on, uh, and the U.S. plans to probably unleash it hmm. in Ukraine at some point. It's uh, already there. Soon. The experiment yeah. is happening live in Ukraine right now. Whoa. According to uh, Lieutenant Colonel Paul Lashenko, he says drones can aid, they can watch, and they can kill. Mm-hmm. Ah. So we are officially, <laughs> uh, the drone war has uh, come home to roost, and I mean, I find it to be absolutely horrifying. Mm-hmm. According to DARPA, they say the swarms will be assigned Swarms of drones. Wow. All right. What a year. Swarms of what? drones. Swarms of drones. They say Fun. they are going to be assigned, quote, through an optimization process that considers mission, objectives, priorities, risks, resource availability, swarm capabilities, and timing. Wow. Let, let me uh, translate that for you, mm-hmm, please. please. They're efficient with money. Oh. They, you know, they, I could send a soldier. I could send a tank. I could mm-hmm. send a missile truck. Could send a plane, or I could send a few drones yeah. that cost hundreds of millions less. Wow! And do the same job more efficiently. Oh. And if you're the defense, you still need a missile battery to stop these drones. Whoa. You still need that million, two billion dollar equipment wow. to fight my hundred million dollar drone. And hmm. then, of course, when you don't have blood on both sides, uh, when you don't have the risk of human tragedy does that make you more cavalier Ah, absolutely why wouldn't it according to the u.s department of defense policy on autonomous weapons this is what they say autonomous and semi-autonomous weapon systems will be designed to allow commanders and operators to exercise appropriate levels of human judgment over the use of force Hmm. Uh, they also say um, many people are skeptical uh, they say as the uh, swarms grow in size, it'll become virtually impossible for humans to manage the decisions. Autonomy and AI will be needed Whoa. to make those decisions. Oh, okay. So that's the next present, AI. This <laughs> does need to be something discussed. And yeah. you wonder if drones, weapons of war, you know, if we, foreign policy is going to be big in 2024. Oh, baby. I think so. And that's why you wonder, if you're like a Christy Nome or a, or a Larry Hogan or a Youngkin, you're a governor of a state. Sure. So maybe this does help someone like a Pompeo or a Bolton. Yeah. If it's a yeah. foreign war election, yeah. if it's a foreign policy election, yeah. who the fuck? Maybe someone like Bolton and Pompeo can squeeze in there and be like, I know a thing or two about coup d'etats. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all foreign policy. That's what the CIA does. That's interesting. Yeah. And of course, Pompeo. Would never give an inch. Never give an inch. That's what he does on the weekends. And of course, Tim Scott, also history uh, with the military as well. Interesting. So, so, yeah, maybe that's what Pompeo's waiting on, these handful of months to see if a war starts. Seriously. Oh, and then wow. it's like, oh, now this is this is where I shine. I mean, I guess that's the last time we had our general, right, with Eisenhower, mm-hmm. right? We had uh, yeah. war fatigue still. We needed someone who understood war. That's right, yeah. And, and of course, uh, Eisenhower famously said, uh, God help the next man who sits in this chair who knows less about the military than I do. Right. And he was our last general president. Wow. So. Wow. All right. Well, those are a couple of names to look out for in 2024. What an exciting time. Woo! Also, the drone war. It's a uh, it's an interesting thing. And we will continue to talk about mm-hmm. that as uh, the information comes out. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I know Henry Zabrowski will have quite a bit to say about the UFOs as well. There was one just shot down. 
Ah! Oh my god, I hope it was a UFO and not Russia. Please. Okay. You want aliens instead of Russia? Because if it's Russia, well, it's a still, war. Man, no, if what, it's it, Russia, it could it's be a war. an alien war, though, bro. Mm. You talking about alien war? That would war unite here. us. That would unite us. Maybe. Oh, man. Dennis Quaid is busy. Uh, we can't. Have okay, what Randy. About, Randy, no, Randy Quaid. We'll get President uh, Jack Nicholson from <laughs> Mars Attacks. He has dementia. That's, oh, damn. Actually, he probably is. He could be president. Well, then in that case, he sign him up. Sign him up. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Enjoy your chocolate chip ice cream. Be president. She'll have some guacamole. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're around your Spanish friends, tell them that you love shredded chicken. I don't know. <laughs> Just let them know that you love them. And I love Rihanna. Enjoy Rihanna, everyone. Yes, indeed. All <laughs> right, everyone. Pepsi, yeah. We'll be back next week after the Super Bowl. Hail yourselves. Talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.